The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Step forward. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. How concerned were you about Brad and those other guys closing? Plenty of concern. <laughs> I was worried about it for sure. The new Mustang, let's give them a lot of credit because back at Ford headquarters, the whole organization, we are all working together. Yeah, we'll just have to see how all that translates, obviously, to a, a flat mile racetrack. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our screen. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome, welcome, welcome to NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. I'm Mike Bagley with the rest of the MRN crew. We hope your week is going great. We know that life is great over at Team Penske in Mooresville, North Carolina. They've won back-to-back in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. But the question is, why had they succeeded with this new rules package? We'll discuss that coming up. Also this weekend, NASCAR heads out to Phoenix, and so does Major League Baseball in spring training. Tonight, you'll hear from some NASCAR stars on their passion for America's pastime. We will also preview the upcoming Ticket Guardian 500 this weekend at ISM Raceway with our very own Alex Hayden. Also, we'll go face-to-face with Arizona native Alex Bowman, and we'll get Rodney Childers' perspective on what makes Kevin Harvick and the four-car nearly unbeatable at ISM Raceway. But first, Kim Kuhn has stopped by with some great stories on social media over the weekend. Kimmy, what do you have? The Candyman Kyle Busch nearly swept the weekend in his home city of Las Vegas, winning both the truck and Xfinity Series races. And if it wasn't for a speeding penalty on pit road, well, Busch may have won the cup race too because he ultimately finished third. But that wasn't the only good news surrounding Kyle over the weekend. KB signed a multi-year contract extension with Mars, Toyota, and Joe Gibbs Racing. And it sounds like Rowdy has no intention of ever racing with anyone else. My relationship with Joe and and JD and the family and everybody has, um, you know, grown a lot over the years. And each and every year, I feel like it gets better and better. You never say never, but uh, I don't know that you'd ever really see um, myself drive anything different than a Joe Gibbs Racing number 18 M&M's Toyota. So hopefully it it can all stay that way, and we know it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future here, and um, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Kyle is now three wins away from 200 NASCAR wins. The only other driver to have 200 wins all-time is Richard Petty. They, of course, came all in the Cup Series. And it's not a matter of if Kyle will shatter the record, it's when. And you know what the song says, Mike? Oh, the candy man can. A fan in the Las Vegas garage over the weekend sparked some social media chatter. The fan stood against the window of the number 24 garage with a sign that read, Which one of you is William? I came over with Canals. Now remember, Chad was paired this year with young Willie B., well, this was brought to the attention of Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss' former driver, who tweeted and Instagrammed a photo of the fan in his sign. you got to check it out if you haven't. And he used the hashtag Savage, and he also tagged William. Well, the fan hollered back to Jimmy's social media spotlight of him with another garage sign that read, I heard Jimmy tried to bribe me back with some Instagrams. Lucky for you, I don't like cereal. Signed, game face, straight and smooth. I love it. But if you thought that fan won social media this week, you're wrong because it was race winner Joey Logano who really got people's attention in the Twitterverse. In his post-race media availability, Joey got vocal about how he is tired of Twitter trolls who just complain about everything. Well, this got the attention of 
pretty much everyone on Twitter who applauded him for his outspokenness. People love to complain. <laughs> you want to get me going? Here we go. <laughs> People love to talk about negative stories, and I don't know why. I don't understand it. There's a lot of positive going on in our world, and I'm not just talking about NASCAR racing, but there's plenty of good things that happen, and every time we turn on the news, I'm sick of seeing negative stories. You can go to Joey's Twitter page to hear his entire spiel. You can also find more stories on MRN.com and, as always, follow us on social media at MRN Radio. And, of course, use the hashtag AskMRN. Thank you, Kim. You heard Joey Logano in there. His win last week was back-to-back wins for the captain, Roger Penske. What has righted the ship at Team Penske early on in the year? We'll discuss that next. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Later on in the show, we'll go face-to-face with Alex Bowman. He's our AutoZone Driver of the Week. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone Fix Finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. ISM Raceway got some major upgrades. NASCAR fans, come and see what all the buzz. You have a racetrack that's created an unbelievable challenge for in this restart. Bumping. Oh, the oh, the jack up. He catches the 38. The 38 spin. And cheering is about. Kyle Busch is going to win in the desert. Mark your calendar for the Ticket Guardian 500, March 8th through 10th. Get the best remaining tickets now at ismraceway.com. 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year, and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back. When race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up. Mondays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Joey Logano and Team Penske made it three mile-and-a-half wins in a row. Of course, the reigning champion won at Homestead this past November, and Brad Keselowski, his teammate, won at Atlanta two weeks ago. But what's been the key to their success? Here's Motor Racing Network's Dylan Welch. Joey Logano in his 10th full-time season in the Cup Series is going to win at the Ford EcoBoost 400 and the 2018 Series Championship. It's a good time to be a Penske driver, something you don't have to tell Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. While the 2019 season is only three races in, Team Penske already has back-to-back victories, dominating the new rules package and the new Mustang. 
Brad Keselowski winning in Atlanta, the first race with all the changes NASCAR put in place, showed that Penske carried over their success in putting all three drivers in the playoffs last year. Winning the first race, whenever there's a major rules change, being able to win with in multiple disciplines, especially NASCAR, is really what sets them apart. So there's no, you know, maybe clearer mark uh, than when there's rules changes as significant as this year. Um, and so to be able to win and, and under those terms and, and kind of leave that mark is, is a big one for me personally uh, and for our team as well. Team owner Roger Penske said, yes, we won and that's great, but the racing was better and the rules package shows potential for everyone. I felt that uh, I'd have to say a solid B. No one gets an A on their first exam, I don't think, but I'd say it's a solid B uh, for NASCAR today because the package showed well uh, and, and to me, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, at Las Vegas. Fast forward a week and another Penske driver is in victory lane. This time it's Joey Logano. He was up front leading on and off all day, even battling teammate Brad Keselowski for the win at the end, proving Team Penske has something electric going on right now. There's been plenty of times here <laughs> where we've led a lot of laps, and, and by the stats, this is probably our best racetrack or close to it, and we've never won. Um, and that's the most important stat to have. And usually something happens the last run and, and Brad gets a little better. And for some reason, his last you know, pit stop, they make a good, good change and he becomes the fastest car and he wins. And it's, he's done that here plenty of times. And uh, I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening again. <laughs> I can't believe it. And uh, he's able to get by me. And I was like, oh, I hope this just didn't happen. I, I, I was in a good shape. And then I caught a lap car and uh, he went up into the top lane, which is where I was running. And I fouled him right in there, and I was like, oh, no. And uh, I just lost a ton of time and then brought Brad close enough to where he can catch a draft uh, off of me to close up the rest of the gap. And I thought, man, good, this, this, good thing this thing's 400 miles. I just told the Pennzoil people, let's not make this race any longer. That was just, just the right length. Uh, 405 would have been uh, a little bit too long. <laughs> With teammates getting aggressive for the win, Penske doesn't play favorites, but notes even having that situation is a result of the work they've put in. I really don't have any favorites. You know, only one's going to win coming out of the state. We've got three great drivers, and, uh, you know, we've really told them to uh, take care of each other. The end, the last 10 laps, the best man wins. So, you know, to me, uh, you know, you, you don't get on the radio and do anything, say, watch it. You just you just hope that they take care of each other. And, you know, maybe another lap, it would have been a different outcome. But, you uh, at the end of the day, putting two cars already in the championship 16 is a big step, and we know how that helped us when we went into the final four you know, at Homestead last year. So uh, great team effort. Logano's win puts him at 22 total, tying Hall of Famer Terry Labonte, something he says is very strange to think about. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment. Um, Texas Terry, man, that was a... Uh... I remember growing up, and I had a Terry Labonte diecast, but they were like, remember they made the bigger like bigger ones? I had one, uh, and I thought that was really cool. I was always about the Frosted Flakes, man. So that was, uh, that was uh, you know, really neat to, to think that I'm even you know on the, the same stage that he raced at at one point. With a win in the books and a spot essentially guaranteed in the playoffs, Logano's crew chief Todd Gordon said there's so much still to learn that they can't slack off. We're still trying to learn what we got to do to race this package and, and where we go. I think we've done a great job to, to what Rob talked about. I think I think Ford did a great job with the car. I think uh, I think our, our shop's done a great job in giving us pieces that, that are competitive. Um, we've just got to continue to push forward because everybody's going to learn this package and, and we've got to stay ahead of it. One of the biggest questions going into the season was how will Ford drivers and teams adjust to the new Mustang? Chevy team struggled last year adapting to the Camaro, but Penske doesn't even see a new car as an issue. 
And the new Mustang, let's give them a lot of credit because back at Ford headquarters, you know, the work that they've done technically for us in combining the teams with Haas and the rest of the, you know, certainly the Ford teams has made a big difference. You see them all running better, and I think that's a real credit to the whole organization. We are all working together. Logano mirrors those sentiments and adds Ford's timing to roll out a new car worked perfectly. The way uh, the Ford teams are able to work together, the way Ford engineers are able to, to communicate and, and uh, be able to build what, what we think is best. The timing of it was great. You know, everyone's going through a learning curve right now. The all-new Ford Mustangs are two for three, at least this season. They've also won the Advanced Auto Parts Clash in Daytona with Kevin Harvick. We'll see if this trend continues. Dylan, thank you so much. Coming up, baseball teams in the major leagues have already reported for spring training, and the majority of them are based in Phoenix. NASCAR rolls into town this week, and we hear from some drivers who love the game. I'm not blooming good. Blooming great, put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom, and it get in my senses like sonic boom. No rules, just right. So bold, so nice, and I'm so, 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 so ready for that Outback Steak tonight. Outback Steakhouse, that's what it's all about. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This week's Wheel and Trusted to Perform Pit Crew of the Week goes to Joey Logano's number 22 Team Penske team. They helped him score the win in the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. On the air, in the ground, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Winged Nation with Steve Post, Aaron Evernham, and Ashley Streming. Your destination for all things winged sprint cars. Each Saturday at 8.30 and 11.30 a.m. on MAV-TV. Live at noon on wingednation.com and Facebook Live. Join us for in-depth conversations with drivers and personalities that make up the greatest dirt racing on earth. The Winged Nation preview podcast each Thursday previews the upcoming weekend. Winged Nation, winged sprint car talk covering dirt tracks all across America. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As the NASCAR season is just getting into full swing, there's another sport winding up as well. Part of the fun. We're talking about America's favorite pastime, baseball. And it works out well that NASCAR's West Coast swing coincides with spring training and some drivers get the opportunity to enjoy a few innings between races. Now, growing up in Tampa, Florida, Eric Almirola fell in love with baseball early, and as he told Kim Kuhn, 
had to make the definitive decision about his dueling passions. Now, you also had a love of baseball growing up. Um, being from Tampa, that area, you got to attend a lot of spring training games. Looking back, what's your favorite memory or maybe one player that you were really, really excited to meet? Yeah, so uh, not far from Tampa is a little town called Plant City. And uh, the Cincinnati Reds um, had their spring training there. And I think they still do. Um, maybe not. Um, but either way, uh, we used to go out there a lot for spring training games. And uh, we'd go, and there's a, there's a place called Buddy Freddy's out there. And we'd go to uh, me and, and, and uh, my stepdad would go out there, and we'd, we'd eat breakfast at Buddy Freddy's. And we'd take off and, and go over to uh, the spring training field. And we'd watch the players hit batting practice and field balls and get ready. And, and that was my favorite part was really before the game because the players were kind of loose and, and they'd come up and, and the kids uh, would all kind of stand by the dugout and they'd give autographs and shake kids' hands. And um, I remember the year that uh, they were really good, Chris Sabo, uh, Barry Larkin, Rob Dibble, Paul Oliver, like a lot of really big name uh, guys on their team. Um, they were down there for spring training and, and I got to meet a lot of them and that was just really cool. Now I heard you played baseball and you're actually pretty good and had to make a decision. It came down, am I going to play baseball or am I going to race? What was that decision like and how hard was it? To be honest with you, it wasn't that hard. Um, it, was, it was probably a little bit harder on uh, my dad and my stepdad, but um, I was. I was pretty good at baseball. I typically uh, made the all-star teams and, and played a lot of travel ball and um, was, a, was a decent pitcher and I loved playing shortstop and um, just really enjoyed the game of baseball. But um, sitting at shortstop waiting for a ground ball to come your way is a lot more boring than, than, than racing a go-kart. Um, I mean, when, when you race a go-kart, just the, the excitement and the, the thrill um, and the adrenaline rush is unlike anything else. Um, battling a pitcher, um, you know, at a 3-2 count or something like that doesn't even get close. And so as much as I had fun playing baseball and I, and I really loved the game of baseball, um, it just, for me as a, at a young age, just it wasn't as exciting. And so when I had the option to go do one or the other, I always favored racing and baseball kind of took a back seat. And so when it came time to go to high school, it was, uh, it was really, you know, I can't give 100% to both. I got to pick, and, and so I picked racing. Almarola isn't the only driver with a rich history of baseball. Before Austin Dillon was a Daytona 500 champion, he was a member of the 2002 Little League World Series All-Star team from Clemens, North Carolina. Great time in my life. You know, I thought I was going to be a baseball player for the rest of my life, and, and I'm sitting in a media center for uh, a NASCAR Cup race this weekend. So it was, uh, it was a very special time. I actually... Um, the funny thing is I ran into a bunch of the players on my team this past weekend after our race, and uh, I thought that was cool. And um, you know, They're uh, very supportive of my career, and I still have some of them come around to the races uh, here, here and there. And it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year. I always love watching it. But there are two drivers who stand out as baseball fanatics. One of them is Clint Boyer. We all know the Kansas native is supportive of anything related to the Sunflower State, and that includes the 2015 World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. Clint got to spend some time with the team during the World Series and got pressured for some insider information. Such an honor to, to get in and see everybody, but but as well, you know, you know, you know when you're in your element and you're doing what you're doing, you don't want to bother anybody, you know? So as soon as they invite you to the, the clubhouse and wants to introduce you and take you around and, and throws everybody out of his office 20 minutes before the game and, and you know, sits you down, he's like, 
All right, now love it with me. Who's good this weekend? I mean, they had their they had their NASCAR fantasy going on, you know, and all the coaches are in on it. And he wanted to get the inside scoop. Uh, um, just just a really really neat guy to see, uh, you know, when it's in an extreme element like that. He's still just super calm and collected, and like you see him on TV. You see all those managers and they're all those guys. They're sitting there and, and they're they act so calm. You know they're freaking out. You know. I know that they've they've chewed uh, at least five cans of, of chew, um, you know, during that game. I mean, it's it's just amazing to see how they're all, you know, so calm and collected, and, and all the while they're coaching these guys at one of the biggest games ever. The other baseball enthusiast is Kurt Busch. He's from Las Vegas, and there isn't a major league team in Nevada yet. So growing up, Kurt became a fan of the Chicago Cubs because that's where his parents are from and watch the games on TV. He's such a diehard fan that in 2011, Kurt was invited to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning stretch, as well as attend the World Series games in 2016. After the team won, wait, ending a 100-year curse. Sorry, people, Stoney. Kurt visited the team in spring training, told Kim Kuhn it was a dream come true. You've been a longtime Cubs fan. This had to have been your idea. Oh, yeah. I felt like I was 12 years old walking in the front door and, and hanging out to see all the players and to to meet Joe Madden, the manager. It, uh, it truly was a lifetime experience. And they gave me the red carpet with, uh, with dressing out and practicing with the team, taking batting practice, fielding practice. But the day started with um, their, their big trainer guy. Uh, he was just doing his uh, little pep rally speech in front of all the guys. And, he goes, you know what, you guys are champions, and champions breed champions. Let's bring out a champion of the Daytona 500. And, you know, the guys were in awe that the trophy was there in front of them. And we all jumped in there. I told the guys, I'm like, you guys have done this before. Let's all do a group shot with a cool trophy. And it was great to share that with the Chicago Cubs and talking with players like Chris Bryant and Rizzo, um, Zobrist, and then meeting some of the pitchers because the pitchers, they're on their own schedule for spring training. Kyle Hendricks. Uh, it was great to meet with those guys, and you know they're they're trying to work their schedule out to come out here for our big Sunday race in Phoenix. Now you got to keep. You mentioned dressing out. You got to keep the uniform they gave you. Uh, where is that going to go? Is that going to go in a shadow box or a special kind of like memory box, or maybe you'll you'll wear it while you're watching a game at home? It's a it's a cool <laughs> piece to definitely get framed up. Uh, it's got a couple of dirt and grass skins on it, so I'll slide them in the outfield a little bit and. Uh, the, the jersey, it, it is a, a cool piece to frame up just like a driver's suit. Absolutely. Uh, another prized masterpiece to go into the old Kurt Busch homestead. Coming up, we're looking forward to getting out to Arizona this weekend at ISM Raceway, and we'll preview this weekend's activities with MRN anchors Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden next. This is one of the greatest days of racing. A picturesque setting for a racetrack, one of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see anyplace else. Oh, my Campgrounds are full, the fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going. Awesome to be here. This place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets. On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. 
The Detroit DD-13, DD-15, and DD-16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. All of us here at the Motor Racing Network would like to send our thoughts and prayers to those affected by the recent tornadoes in Alabama. If you would like to help, check out Bo Jackson's Charity Bike Ride. It raises money for the Governor's Emergency Relief Fund. Visit BoBikesBama.com for more information. We'll preview this weekend's action at ISM Raceway next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Check out MRN.com for a new podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Benson to the bottom of the racetrack. This is the race for the lead and the win at Michigan. And some wild moments. One truck is in the air, Matt Crafton upside down. And we'll let you hear the stories behind them. He was too bullheaded to let me pass him, and I was too bullheaded to let him have it. Download the show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spawn across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Army Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach, and the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary races. Daryl, simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's him. Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live for the 46th time in history. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is about to roll into the desert southwest outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And for the second time, drivers will compete on the all-new ISM Raceway. For a preview of the upcoming weekend, MRN booth anchor Jeff Striegel is here with what drivers are saying ahead of the weekend. The Cup Series turns to the desert southwest for the halfway point of NASCAR's West Coast Swing at the all-new ISM Raceway. Last fall, teams showed up in Phoenix to a brand-new state-of-the-art facility featured with new grandstands and a new layout which impacted competition. Among the changes was the movement of the start-finish line. Brad Kozlowski was hesitant with the change at first, but after the race last fall, he changed his mind. I really liked it. I thought the racetrack, and I'm going to eat a little crow here because I personally thought to myself that the flip-flopping at Phoenix was a disaster before the race started. And after I ran the race, I thought it was one of the best things they ever did. That shows what I knew going into it. That's why you got to run a race first. And what I liked about it is I felt like you set yourself up for passes a lot better because you didn't get about one and two so narrow. And when you'd have a restart, you couldn't, uh, couldn't do anything. Uh, and then the cars would gap off of two, and by the time you got to three and four, you were too spread out to do anything. Since the track was slipped, and three and four is now one and two, one and two is now three and four, the new one and two is very wide, um, and I feel like that allows you to make moves and keeps the cars closer together when they get to the new three and four, and I thought it was just better racing. Kyle Larson agrees with Keselowski, saying the intensity level grew with the change. You could go to the, you could dip down below uh, the, the yellow line there, um, which was, it just made it more intense. Um, we still had that before, um, but it was, you know, less of it. Uh, where now, you know, you could take off and immediately turn left. Um, See, so yeah, I would just say they're a little bit more intense. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, it, it, it's still similar style, just, just more aggressive. 
As for the restarts, many thought they would be challenging with the new layout. Here's Clint Boyer. The restarts, you know, for the most part, wasn't that big a deal. Um, you know, you always had to, even when it was in turn four, you know, you had, turn one and two was always the determining factor. You get off down in there and all hell would break loose. Maybe somebody got loose underneath somebody. Maybe somebody got into somebody and got them loose and gets you three wide, maybe four wide. And one and two's always been, you know, a difficult one to navigate around. Um, with the start finish line and actually where you throttle up, I don't know. One sometimes could could maybe even say that it's a little bit easier on a restart, but it all just depends on where you're at. As for what to expect, Kyle Busch says we'll see a different type of race than we've seen all year. Phoenix being a short track, it's it's everywhere we've been so far. Now it's it's getting into throttle on time, you know, making sure you're in the gas, and sometimes it's making sure that you don't get all the way out of the gas. So, being at a short track is going to be um, you know an interesting thing because. We're used to being out of the gas and on the brakes and, you know, pedaling the, the vehicle through uh, turn four now and making sure that you're not too loose or whatever it might be. So um, I don't I don't really know. Thank you, Jeff. Let's bring in the other anchor for Motor Racing Network. Alex Hayden is here. Second time out to ISM Raceway, the new and improved ISM Raceway A-Train. What do you think about what you're going to see this weekend? Well, I think it's like any place, Michael, where when you go back a second time, you have a bigger notebook to go off of, and that's the drivers, the crew chiefs, the crew members, the mechanics, everybody involved, including the race fans. They now have a better idea of what to look for and types of racing to see. I think it's going to be fantastic because these drivers understand now with 312 laps already under their belt back in the fall at this new layout, where the good places are to attack the competition out there and, and how much can you really cut that dog leg past the start finish line now. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch and see how this plays out. It, it's always fun when you have a different layout and something new and, and refreshing that we go to. And ISM Raceway out in Phoenix is certainly that. And of course, whenever we head out there, cue up the conversation of can Kevin Harvick pick up another Phoenix win? He's been very competitive there over the years. In your opinion, who do you think will be his stiffest competition out there this weekend? Well, based off of what we've seen here early part of the 2019 campaign, I think Team Penske is going to be that, that stiff competition for Kevin Harvick, specifically Brad Keselowski. Brad has run this racetrack very well, as we just heard, and he enjoys getting around this one-mile facility. So I think Brad Keselowski, with that wave of momentum that he already has after the, the big win at Atlanta, second place finish behind his teammate at Las Vegas last weekend, I, I think Team Penske, Brad Keselowski, that's the combination I think is going to be the big threat to Harvick. Now, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean Harvick's going to lose this race. Uh, I, I think Kevin Harvick's going to be fantastic out there. It doesn't matter what the uh, aero package is, the engine package, the layout of the racetrack. The bottom line is it's still – a one-mile racetrack with a dog leg on it, and Kevin Harvick gets around that place so doggone well. In your opinion, who else needs to come to life this weekend? I know that Martin Truex Jr. has not been up front a lot. Um, there are a couple of other drivers as well that are trying to make their way up through the field, but who do you think that you know needs to pull themselves up by the bootstraps after not necessarily having the best go of it to start the season so far? I would say Hendrick Motorsports right off the bat, and that's all four drivers over there. Uh, I think Alex Bowman, who is an Arizona native, he runs ISM Raceway very well. I think this is one of those races circled on the early part of the calendar for Alex Bowman and Hendrick to, to be able to get out and shine. Uh, Jimmy Johnson gets around that place really well. 
Chase Elliott, William Byron. I look for them to have good finishes out there. Who knows? Maybe they can pop up with some lady luck on their side and grab a win. But specifically Hendrick Motorsports, all four of those cars, they need something good to happen. Kyle Larson has has a lot of pressure on him, I think, this year, especially given the fact that he has been the one leading that bow tie brigade, if you will. So I think Kyle Larson's got a lot of pressure on him. And why not get it get it going in the right direction this weekend? Appreciate the time as always, A Train. Have a have safe travels out there, and we'll catch up with you soon. Always fun, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. That's Alex Hayden, and he spoke of Alex Bowman. Well, speaking of Alex Bowman, the old Tucson native calls ISM Raceway his home. Our Woody Kane goes face to face with the driver of the Nationwide Chevrolet next. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcasts elevate your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack. Austin Dillon leads the pack. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. We'll go face-to-face with Arizona native Alex Bowman next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Hey, Ralph Shaheen here with MRN's The Straight Line. The holidays may be over, but the drag racing world is just putting up their Christmas trees. As they get ready for the start of the 2019 race season, join Doug Herbert and I every Thursday as we talk to the celebrities of the NHRA, and we'll take you inside the pits for all the latest news and headlines. It's MRN's The Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, every Thursday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last week, we have Brendan Gaughan, a Las Vegas native, detail all of the fun places to hang out in Sin City. Well, this week, NASCAR is going to Phoenix, and Alex Bowman grew up in Tucson, which is about two hours southeast of ISM Raceway. NASCAR Today's Woody Kane caught up with Alex this past weekend to discuss Phoenix destinations, life, and, of course, racing. Growing up in the area, what are some things that you like to go and see and do that the, the general tourist might not be aware of so much? What are some kind of under-the-radar things that are on Alex's list? Mexican food. All of the Mexican food. Um, there's so much good food there, so that's a, a big part of it. It's really it. That and uh, hopefully finding victory lane there at the racetrack. 
What's your favorite? What's your go-to Mexican dish or place or something like that? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's always changing around there. There's um, uh, so there's this place called Gadzooks Enchiladas and Soup, and it's kind of like Chipotle but for enchiladas. Um, it's really really good. So I I enjoy going there. Um, it's not authentic Mexican by any means, but it's uh, it's just really good food. Underway, and Alex Bowman takes off. They lead early as they climb the banking of turn one. I read an article from you earlier about you said last year was your first full season in terms of really good equipment for a whole year, and you wanted to make sure you took some lessons from that to apply to this year. What are a few of those things, and how do you get a chance to work on them? Because practicing and working on stuff as a driver is a lot different than football or basketball or baseball. Yeah, I mean, just kind of learning your weaknesses and, and being able to point those out just from having good equipment and a good good benchmark as far as your teammates and, and all that. So I feel like I was able to identify some weaknesses and work on them and um, just do whatever I can to, to get better at them, whether it's um, you know pit road stuff or, or little things like that. So we worked hard on it and um, seem to have, have improved from last year so far this year and hopefully continue uh, getting better. A lot of guys say by the time we finish the Western Swing, the cards are kind of on the table. You kind of know what everybody's got. But with this new package, do you feel like that'll be the case this year, or will it take longer? Uh, I think really Atlanta, you know what everybody's got. Uh, the package changes a little bit from from there to, uh, to some of the other tracks. But honestly, I mean, um, it's typically a pretty good indication of, of how you're how your year is going to start at least you know obviously people can can find things and develop things and, and make your race cars better but um that first you know downforce race non-speedway race gives you a, a pretty good idea of, of what you've got and what you need to work on you mentioned uh, you think phoenix kind of owes you one any other tracks you've got circled that kind of uh, stuck in your craw that you want to make sure you really do well at i mean obviously all of them but in particular any single tracks I mean, really just Phoenix, you know, leading the most laps there in 16 and, and being one restart away from winning it, that, that hurt. Um, a couple other places we've had good runs, but it, it's just hard to say. I mean, you kind of like tracks based on how your cars run there, and a lot of the places that I liked in 16, we struggled at last year. So um, it, it's just hard to say. Uh, I feel like Phoenix is the primary one, though, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your dogs. I know what a dog guy you are, and I am too. You used to take them with you everywhere, but now not so much. Uh, tell me about your dogs and the, and the travel situation with those guys now. Yeah, we got to get the, the Hendrick Plains on a better program as far as letting dogs on. Um, that, that is why, why they don't come. But, uh, no, it's, I've got two dogs, Finn and Roscoe. Um, they're, Roscoe's kind of a psychopath. Finn's, Finn's a good one, but um, no, they're, uh, they're a lot of fun. So enjoy being around them. Uh, don't get to spend nearly as much time as I would want with them. I wish they could travel with me more, but um, no, they're, they're great. And it's been pretty cool having a, a, a great relationship with Na Nationwide on the pet insurance side of things. Um, that's a, a cool deal, being able to kind of tie my dogs in with that. So um, that that's neat. And uh, like I said, I wish they could just travel with me more, but um, but uh, I guess we're we're not allowed on our planes. So kind of a bummer. I guess Kyle Bush's dog pooped on one of the Hendrick planes. So thanks, Kyle. Really appreciate that. Well, speaking of Nationwide and the dog thing, I understand you made a new friend through Nationwide, the the Children's Hospital with Beck. And I saw some stuff at Daytona about how touched you've been over the visits you've been able to make with them over the years. Tell me about Beck and why that has been so meaningful to you. Yeah, so uh, going to Children's Hospital is always, Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus is always a, um, a really humbling experience. So 
probably been there four or five times over the last couple of years and um, you know wanted to do something uh, to show my appreciation for all their support um, that would benefit the hospital so made a donation to um, to the the rehab classroom that they have there um, for for the kids that are that are there and um, kind of in honor of that we had Beck the therapy dog paint some paintings which <laughs> I didn't think dogs could paint but he can so um, he, he painted some paintings and, and we gave them to some people at Nationwide and there's going to be one there um, in the classroom so it'll be pretty neat but uh, no it's, it's it's pretty cool Beck is is always there when I'm there um, they have two therapy dogs but Beck is is always the one that I run into so he uh, he's a good dog and um, cool to get to spend time with him at a, at a children's hospital. You mentioned the psychopath dog you have. You ever thought about trying to teach him how to paint to chill him out a little bit? I don't know what would chill Roscoe out. Um, he is a nutcase. He's really good at home, really needs to never leave my house. It's He's a liability anywhere he goes. So um, he's a rescue, and I don't know what went on, but he um, he's six, and he acts like he's six months old. And he's just bouncing off the walls, hates other dogs, except my other dog, Finn. Like, he, um, he's pretty nuts, but uh, Finn is kind of the polar opposite. He's super calm, and um, he's only two and a half, and just really calm and loves everybody. Alex Bowman will compete in the Ticket Guardian 500 Sunday. Motor Racing Network's airtime is 2.30 p.m. Eastern. When we return, one man has dominated the Valley of the Sun. We'll talk about Harvick's reign on ISM Raceway and chat with his crew chief, Rodney Childers, next. At AutoZone, we're all about giving you more ways to get more done. Like our free loaner tool program. You can choose from over 100 specialty tools, borrow the one you need, and get the job done right. Got more to do? We've got more for you to do it. Looking to protect your engine? Regular oil and oil filter changes are the best way to keep your engine running strong and running long. And if you're looking to do the job yourself, AutoZone can help. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. Deposit required. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. zone. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't hang up. You need to hear this. You gotta quit wearing that aviator jacket. Nobody's buying it. I'm sorry you have to hear it from me, but at Progressive, we're all about giving it to people straight. That's why we show our rates alongside our competitors' rates. And when you're helping people find great rates, you don't need some jacket to look cool. Just keep rocking that scarf. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Kevin Harvick will be going for 10 wins at ISM Raceway this weekend. We'll talk about that next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Christopher Bell. I've flipped people off before, and every time I've stuck my hand out the side of the car with my finger up, I've DNF. We literally crack open the mics and talk to some of the biggest stories in open wheel racing from past and present. Ryan Newman is in. He either chose to fight or not fight. He never chose to fight with me. <laughs> it's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. 
Attention Junior Nation. Get your Dale Jr. fix with MRN. We talk about everything from his relationship with Dale Sr. He wanted to make sure that he worked at it to get it. To biggest wins and Hendrick Motorsports. Dale Jr. leading the field off of turn four. When we won that Daytona 500, that made me feel good about my impression on the, on the company. With some of the people closest to NASCAR's most popular driver. Tune in to Junior's Journey on iTunes and MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Winding down this week's edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. When the Cut Series heads out to Phoenix, the majority of the garage knows you must be Kevin Harvick. He's won there nine times, including one year ago at ISM Raceway. Throughout history, there have been certain tracks that have been dominated by one name. MRN's Kyle Rickey explains. Over the years in NASCAR, we've seen just a handful of drivers excel on one particular track. It's extremely rare to see a driver reach double-digit wins at one facility. It's no coincidence that those names are synonymous with the greatest in NASCAR. Those drivers include David Pearson at Darlington Raceway. Okay, coming off the fourth turn now, the bright, beautiful number 21 gets the checkered flag. David Pearson wins the 1977 Oh, it's always been good to me. Of course, uh, we felt real good about this race, even though that uh, we hadn't won any all year. We did win Riverside, and so uh, we feel like if we don't ever win one, we would be this race here. For Richard Petty, he reached 10 wins at Daytona and 13 at Richmond. But his biggest success came at Martinsville Speedway with a whopping 15 victories. He's the winningest driver on the circuit 38 times. He's been to Martinsville to square off in Winston Cup competition. He's probably been here more than any driver in the history of the track. White flag for Richard Petty as he comes across the stripe and the crowd comes to their feet. You know, we just always wish they'd run more races at Martinsville. Uh, you know, Martinsville, Wilkesboro, Richmond, you know, it's one of those deals when you showed up, you know that if you didn't have any trouble, you was going to win the race. And uh, Martinsville was probably as big a deal going because Martinsville, Martinsville was a, a big race on our circuit because it was one of the first ones that we went to as far as short tracks and they kept continuing continuing. During the 80s and 90s, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was the one to beat at Talladega Super Speedway. Racked up 10 wins with his final coming in the fall of 2000. Here they come into the tri-oval. Kenny Wallace, one final shot at Dale Earnhardt. Behind him, the whole pack steaming for the finish line. Dale Earnhardt wins it. Earnhardt wins the Winston 500. Team owner Richard Childress says Dale Sr. could work the draft like no other. I just think his ability to understand the draft, the wind off the other cars, uh, has said he could see uh, air, and I believe it. You know, I think I made that statement somewhere along the, the way. Darrell Waltrip won 84 races in his Cup Series career, and 12 of those came at the Bristol Motor Speedway. For his 83rd career victory and his number 12 here at Bristol Raceway, Darrell Waltrip gets the win in the Western Auto Chevrolet. You know, as you go through your career, uh, you have places you love, tracks and, and normally they're tracks that you did good the first, did well the first time you ever went there, and, and that's the way Bristol was for me. It's, it's probably my favorite racetrack of all time. With the competition as tight as it's ever been, you would think that a driver winning as many as 11 races on one track would be nearly impossible. 
But Jimmy Johnson proved that it can be done, and he did it at Dover International Speedway. Now the checkered flag is coming out. It is all over, and Jimmy Johnson, for the 11th time in his career, has picked up the win here at Dover. It, it's a tough track, uh, one that I love to challenge for, and it's just a, a track that I've I've always had a feel for. Um, I don't know if my off-road background plays into it with the the crazy entry where you're literally jumping into the turns and then the exit of the corner, you're climbing up a hill and like jumping onto the straights. Um, but I, I can remember going there my first time in 90, 98 in an ASA car. And the majority of those short track guys were like, what are, what are we doing here? Like we shouldn't be here. And I'm out there screaming and yelling on the radio. I'm having such a good time. This is the coolest thing ever. This weekend as the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Phoenix at the ISM Raceway, Kevin Harvick has a chance to add his name to those that have double-digit wins at one racetrack. A simply remarkable performance yet again for Kevin Harvick. Off four, final time across the stripe. The checkered flag is out, and Kevin Harvick is a winner for the ninth time here at ISM Raceway in Phoenix. The racetrack, it's just been um, it's been a great great place um, you know for, for me personally through the years, and uh, we've had a lot of really cool moments here with uh, winning our first truck race at KHI and winning a lot of races um, you know throughout the years and in the different divisions and uh, getting my first win at, at Stuart Haas here um, I believe this was my last win at, at RCR too so there's just been a lot of really really cool moments and for me that's really neat because this was this was kind of you know through the years when I started racing here in the mid 90s and, and growing up coming to watch races here um, you know with my grandpa uh, in, in the motorhome and, and sitting around um, you know, watching the cars go around a racetrack and then being able to, to uh, drive uh, the, the cars uh, in the Southwest Tour and Winston West. And, and you still see a lot of those same competitors that, that show up on a yearly basis uh, to, to race in, in different divisions or show up as fans. And uh, you see a lot of fans that have, that have been here uh, watching, watching me race uh, since, since the mid-90s. Harvick will be chasing that 10th win this Sunday in the Ticket Guardian 500 from ISM Raceway. Catch all the action starting at 2.30 Eastern time here on the Motor Racing Network. Thank you, Kyle. Five of Harvick's wins at ISM Raceway have come since joining Stuart Haas Racing in 2014, and his championship crew chief, Rodney Childers, has been a big factor in those wins. Our Woody Kane caught up with Rodney this past week in Vegas to pick his brain about racing in Phoenix. Well, Rodney, I guess the first question is, why is your driver so good historically at Phoenix? He seems to own that place. Well, I think the biggest thing is he just understands what it, uh, what the car needs to feel like and uh, the things that he can do, you know, throughout the run to, to help him. And, and, you know, whether it's gas and brake and steering or using the apron and doing all those things that he's good at, um, he just understands all that. And I think a lot of that just comes from his experience there and racing the Southwest Tour cars there. And, um, you know, three and four hasn't changed a whole lot over the years. And, um, that's kind of his money corner and where he, where he makes the most ground. So um, I think a lot of that's just from all those years and, and learning a little bit at a time. Now, you say three and four. How much of a monkey wrench did it throw into it when they flip-flopped the start-finish line on you guys? I mean, it still drives the same, but I guess the way, especially on restarts, you handle it is different. Yeah, I still call it the old way. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to change from that. But, but yeah, the, the new one and two is where he's uh, good at, and he, he learns uh, what he needs to do during practice and figures that stuff out. But uh, it definitely changed things around a lot. Um, you know, there in the fall, and you know, the restarts were just absolutely crazy. And um, but 
overall um it's still the same racetrack you know once it gets settled in after a couple laps and everybody gets rolling thank you woody i'm sure rodney childers and kevin harvick will surely be contenders this weekend coming up we'll have our AutoZone commercial free zone brought to you by AutoZone. it's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on thankfully the AutoZone fix finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free get in the zone AutoZone. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD13, DD15, and DD16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. About to put a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. We welcome you back, and we offer something that I think a lot of you might find interesting. As we head to Phoenix for the Cup and the Xfinity Series races this weekend, we're also at the same time on MRN.com celebrating 25 years of Gander Outdoors Truck Series racing. We've got a brand-new podcast series called MRN Presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We celebrate the silver anniversary of NASCAR's truck series with stories from many who competed and worked in the series, especially when it was getting off the ground. This week, we look back to the year 2000 and Daytona Speed Weeks, where the trucks first raced at the birthplace of NASCAR, Daytona. Mike Wallace in the second spot. Here he comes. And I remember coming off of turn three. I was right in the middle of turn three. I was on the high side, of course, coming to the green flag. And I keyed the radio up, and I go, well, Smith from the desert to Daytona, here you go. And that was just the one phrase I remember that 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 started that race, from the desert to Daytona. Greg Biffle coming to life now after that pit stop. It was so exciting to be there and be part of that, but yet it was scary because those things were, were difficult to drive on that on that racetrack. Oh, in trouble is Kurt Busch down on the apron of the racetrack. He got bumped a little bit, skidded down. What a job of saving that truck. Then another collision. Man, I, I think I crashed five times that day at Daytona. I mean, the inaugural truck race... Uh, the draft was insane on how fast they would pull up to the other truck in front of you. Man, I, I had to start in the back. We were in a backup truck because we had landed in some oil and, and spun around and, and got some damage on our primary truck. I didn't know anything other than just push the pedal down and go to the front. I, I think I wiped out a few guys on my way there. Um, I spun through the infield at one point when Biffle was on my radio trying to tell me to draft with him. I mean, I was in way over my head. Find the latest episode and catch up on past episodes of MRN Presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking right now on MRN.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Before we wrap things up for this week, let's take a look back at history in both the world and racing. Here's our Susie Armstrong. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? 
We begin our Fat Tuesday flashback in 1989. Mike and the Mechanics hit number one on the radio with The Living Years. At New York Mets spring training, Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez ended up in fisticuffs over a contract dispute. And NASCAR was duking it out at The Rock, North Carolina Motor Speedway. Rusty Wallace scored the first of six wins that year in the Goodwrench 500. Wallace with a clear sail down the back straightaway as Earnhardt pinches Kowicki towards the outside. Earnhardt holds second spot for the moment. Rusty Wallace down to the apron of the racetrack out of turn number four. He's all by himself. He's going to win the Goodwrench 500. Riding the time elevator up one floor to 1990, Janet Jackson sizzles the pop charts with Escapade. At the box office, Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin heat up the Cold War in the hunt for Red October. And NASCAR fired engines at the Rock once again, where Kyle Petty torched the field in the Goodwrench 500. Neon hats and the grandstands on the back straightaway are waving Kyle Petty on as he's heading for victory last time by turn three. Kyle Petty now moving up off of turn number four. The Unical Challenge waiting for him at the start-finish line. The checkered flag falls. Kyle Petty wins the Goodwrench 500. Ending our journey this week in 1995, Green Day scores the number one selling album in the country, but grunge rock is all the rage with bands like Nirvana, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam making noise. Meanwhile, NASCAR cranked up the volume at the Commonwealth of Virginia's Richmond International Raceway, where the Iceman cometh, when Terry Labonte coveted dreams of victory in the Pontiac Excitement 400. Here comes Terry Labonte, picking himself to the outside of the racetrack. He'll get by Mike Wallace, drop it down low in the groove at turn three for the last time. Well, he didn't dominate early, but he dominated when it counts. Here's Terry Labonte, checkered flag, career win, number 14 for the driver from Corpus Christi, Texas. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That was our AutoZone commercial free zone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone FixMinder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We'd like to thank Alex Bowman and Rodney Childers for joining us this week. And for the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you as well for joining us, and we'll talk with you next week right here on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires right on our strength and was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down.